0: kids, they're dismissed to our children's ministry, out that door and to the left. Uh, And if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 22, because that's where we're going to be. We are in the middle of a series that we've called Beautiful World, and the reason we've called it Beautiful World is because we believe in a world that sometimes ...feels very scary. It feels very big. It feels like that there are lots of bad things that can happen to us. And we worry so much about the bad things that can happen that we don't actually see the beauty in the world that God designed. Because ultimately, we believe that God created this world good. And uh, we want to see where He's working and how He's working, both in the world at large... And in our own lives. And so we're going to continue to talk about that today with the story of Abraham. But before we go any further, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. God, I, I feel like that there are, there are people in here who come from different, for different reasons. And um, there are there's some of us who... Came here because it's it's what we do on Sunday mornings a lot, um, and uh, sometimes we we go through the motions on Sunday mornings. Um, so I I pray that that would not be the case. There are some of us who who are who are coming because we don't even really know why, and we we have our own heavy burdens, and maybe we wouldn't normally come to a church, but. We're here, and we, I pray for the burdens of those people who are, who are feeling that right now. Um, and, God, there, there are some of us who really are wanting to hear your voice because we have a lot going on, and life is hard. And so we pray for those people as well. Um, all of us come from different backgrounds, God, and all of us will... Uh, when we leave, we'll go into different situations that are coming up. But with all of us, we pray that you would um, meet us where we are and show us something this morning. That this, this hour would not just be something that we do, but you would connect with us in a very real way this morning. Um, we pray that you would meet us here. We take comfort in the fact that you are already here. And we pray that you would speak as we sing and as we open the scriptures and as we talk about what we read in the scriptures, we pray that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Genesis 22, starting in verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey... Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. "'Stay here with the donkey,' Abraham told the servants. "'The boy and I will travel a little farther. "'We will worship there, and then we will come back.'" So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, "'Father,' yes, my son,' Abraham replied." We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Now hold your finger there for a little bit, because we want to talk about Abraham and where he comes from. Abraham grew up in an area of the world that was called Ur. It's part of ancient Sumeria. Sumeria is one of the oldest civilizations that we know about in history and in abraham's area of the world people worship idols they worship many gods so they don't worship one god they worship a god for the sun and they worship a god for the rain and they worship a god for the river and they worship a god for the stars and they build idols to represent these gods those gods never talk to you. They, they never do anything, but, but occasionally you would have to worship in some way in order to keep the gods happy. You didn't want them to become angry, so you would worship in some way these gods. And this is the environment that Abraham grows up in. He's like anybody else. This area of the world, it's uh, modern-day Iraq, and everybody worships these idols. And Abraham grows up with his family like and lives with his family as an adult like most people did in Abraham's day. But Abraham hears this call from the voice of God, and it's different. Because remember, Abraham's parents' God doesn't speak to them, but this God speaks to him. He calls him by name, and he asks him to step out and create a new land and create a new family. And this God says, I'm not just one God of the stars or the sun or the river. I'm the God over everything. I am the God. Those other gods aren't real. I am the God who created everything. So Abraham steps out and he follows God into a new land, into a new world, and a new way of living. And as he gets there, there's still things that Abraham wants his life in his life. He He feels blessed by God, but he also wants more. He longs for a son. He longs for children. In Abraham's day, to have children was a a symbol of status. It also helped you because they didn't have retirement plans. It also helped you as you got older and we're not able to provide for yourself, your kids would help provide for you. That's why a lot of uh, grown adults live with their parents. And so he's longing for a son, and he prays for one, and he, he begs God for one, and it doesn't happen for the longest time. And then finally, when Abraham and his wife are both past the age that it's considered acceptable to have a child, or even reasonable or possible to have a child, Abraham has a son, and his son is Isaac. But Isaac grows older, and as Isaac grows older, God comes to Abraham and asks for something difficult. God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son on an altar, to kill his son. Now, in 2018, we read this story, and We have all kinds of questions about what God is doing here. Because that makes no sense to us. It it doesn't seem, especially where we live and the time that we live in today, looking back to say, that doesn't seem like a good God who would ask you to kill your own son for him. And also, what does that say about Abraham, who has been waiting for this child his entire life. It comes to him late in life, and he's willing to kill his son. What does that say about God, and what does that say about Abraham? But remember, Abraham lives in a place and a time where people worshiped all kinds of fake, false gods. And often, in order to make those gods, to make sure that they weren't angry, people would sacrifice other humans a lot of times they would sacrifice their own children. In fact, just a few years ago, in this area of the world, ancient Samaria, northern Iraq, they found a mass grave with hundreds of bodies, mostly children, who were killed in order to appease the gods. And I'm not trying to be graphic here. I'm just, this is the world that Abraham lives in. In a lot of places, that is even a symbol of status. They looked at people, children who were sacrificed, in the same way that we would look at, um, at soldiers or, or people who were willing to, to risk their lives so that, so that other people could be okay and have freedom and have a life. This is what these people were doing, is they were, they were often being sacrificed in order that the gods would not send a famine or a storm or some sort of disease upon them. So Abraham lives in an area of the world and in a time where it is totally normal for people to sacrifice their children in order that God may not be angry anymore. And so even though it's painful for him to go to the top of the mountain and sacrifice his son... When God asked him to do it, Abraham says, Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I thought this God was different because he called me to this new life. I, I, I thought that, that different things were happening and he gave me this son. But, but maybe this God is just like all the other gods. Maybe he just asked me to do the things that the other gods asked me to do. And yeah, he speaks to me, but, but maybe this is what I have to do in order to be in a relationship with this God. And so he goes to the top of the mountain. And, and you can tell, Isaac is starting to get a little nervous. Because Isaac asks, Dad, where's the sheep that we're going to sacrifice? And Abraham just says, oh, God's going to provide. He's not telling his son that I, I plan on killing you when I get to the top. Because that's what God asked me. So what happens is Abraham thinks his God is different. But when God asks for Isaac, maybe he thinks... Well, maybe he's just like every other God. And then we go further. Uh, verse 9 through 14. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and rearranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you really fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So hold your finger there a little bit longer. Abraham goes to the top of the mountain... Willing to sacrifice his son. Instead, said he has the knife out. He's willing to do it. So there's this brutal thing that's going on. And, and as he's preparing to do what every other person would be willing to do if their God asked them to do, he gets an interruption. And the interruption is from God Almighty who says, Don't do this, Abraham. And this is good news, because God says, those other gods might ask you to sacrifice your children, but I'm not going to ask you to do that. I care too much for you. I care too much for your family. I'm not going to ask you to do that. This is how I'm different. And not only that, he leads Abraham to look in a different direction where Abraham sees this ram that's the sacrifice for him. So when Isaac was asking the question long ago, uh, what's going on, Dad? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide the sacrifice. This is that moment. So for the first time in human history, there is a God who speaks to his people. And not only that, this God loves his people because he would not ask you to dare sacrifice your own children for him no, I'll provide the sacrifice for you. I'll provide the way to worship me. I will give you everything you need in order for you to continue to hear my voice. In order for you to be in a relationship with me, I will give you everything you need. And I love at the end of this, it says that Abraham now calls the mountain, the Lord will provide, and, which is a long name for a mountain. Like that's Mount the Lord will provide. But from there on, that's where Abraham looks up and he says, This is where God gave me the sacrifice. This is where God spared my son. This is where God showed me that he was different from all the other fake gods that aren't real. And then it says there's a there's a proverb, a saying of wisdom that gets passed around now that says, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So from that moment on, it's just something people say when people are going through hard times. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. This is what people say when they're going through difficult times. And I love this image because if you've ever climbed up a mountain, you know how difficult it is. Um, If you've talked to me very much over the past year, um, I've talked at length about turning 40 and um, what I wanted to do for my 40th birthday, which was run an ultra marathon, um, which uh, so I did a 50k, which was almost 32 miles in September, and it was in not like Rocky Mountain mountains, but it was it was in the mountains, um, and it it was hard. <laughs> it was really difficult to do, and there are times when all throughout that race going up and down a mountain where I wanted to quit I I did not want to do it anymore and and it was so hard not just physically it's hard on your body when you do something like that but it was hard in ways that I can't even describe mentally and spiritually and emotionally more than anything your mind is just telling you over and over this is not saying you should stop doing this. This is not saying you should stop doing this. And that's why you want to quit. And and I remember um, a little past halfway through the race, I was in a spot where I was actually running pretty well and I passed the guy. And I just had tears coming out of my face. I was crying so hard as I was passing the guy. And he looked at me and he goes, are you OK? Like, are you all right? Do I need to do something? Are you injured? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Um, just kept on running past him because it was so hard to go up and down a mountain over and over again. And think about how hard it is for Abraham. It says before they even get to the top of the mountain, there's a three-day journey. He's walking for three days, and then they climb up a mountain. And physically, that is an exhausting thing to do. But think about how hard it is emotionally for Abraham to say, I've been waiting on my son all of this time and now God is going to take it away from me. And think about how hard mentally it is for him to just walk up that mountain knowing that every step is one step closer to him being removed from his son. And think about how hard it is spiritually on him for him to go, I thought God was different but maybe he's not. I I left everything to follow this God, and now he's asking me to do the same things. Like, think about the questions that go through someone's head when not only are they physically walking up a mountain, but they have all of these things going through their mind about the loss that he's about to experience. I mean, think how hard this has to be for Abraham. But at the end, he says, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. At the end of all his struggle and his strife and his physical exhaustion and his mental pain and his spiritual questioning, at the end of all of that, God provides everything Abraham needs. And I love that image because walking through life is like walking up through a mountain. Because all of us in this room are going through different things. I I mean, I know a lot of your stories, and and there are some of you I don't know your stories, but I guarantee you that all of you are going through something right now where it feels kind of like a mountain. There are difficulties that you have encountered where it feels like, man, I wish life would just give me a break. Like, I wish just life would lay off me a little bit. There are some of you who go to jobs every day that just suck the life out of you and, and you wonder if it's ever going to end or if it's ever going to be different. You don't Maybe you don't get paid enough or maybe the work is just so difficult or maybe you don't even like the work you're doing and, and it's just too much. And you wish, oh, I wish something would change. And I'll tell you, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. <laughs> there, there are some of you who have... Uh, relationships that are more complicated that you could even explain even if you had an hour to explain it. And there's baggage with that and there's pain associated with those relationships. And they might be family relationships or they might be friendships. There are people in your life who cause you tremendous anguish and you're trying to figure out how to deal with those people and how to spend time with those people in a loving way. And you you just, you can't figure it out anymore. And you're just like, I wish that it would stop. And there's a promise all throughout the scriptures that says, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. There are some of you who have been struggling financially, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay bills, much less save. And you're trying to figure out just if this is ever going to end, if this is going to be struggling for you for the rest of your life. And there's a promise throughout the scriptures that says, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Every single one of us is going through a struggle and life will continue to throw curveballs at us. And it will continue to, if we let it, life will continue to beat us down to where we don't want to get out of bed in the morning. To where we don't feel like there's anything we can do because we've been in the same situation. And so what's the point? But as Abraham is climbing up that hill and his son asked him, What's going on? Dad, where's the sacrifice? Abraham says this out loud. He says, God's going to provide it. And And here's what he says. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. So in the back of his mind, there's hope in Abraham that God, there's certainty with Abraham that God is going to provide for him in a way He doesn't know how it's going to happen. He doesn't know when it's going to happen. And he doesn't know how much anguish he's going to have to go through in order for it to happen. But he knows on the mountain of God, it's going to be provided. And um, I hope that's a comfort for us, is that... There's something beautiful about all of the story of Scripture that tells us that, that life is suffering, but on the other end of suffering is f- freedom, there's redemption, there's light and life and God. That He walks with us through the suffering, but at the end of the day, He provides for us. Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you've obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply, multiply your descendants beyond number, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. So, God tells Abraham at the end of the story, because of your obedience, and because of your faith in my provision, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do things in your life. I'm going to continue to provide for you because of your faith, because of your belief that I'm going to provide When you trust that I will provide, believe it. It's going to happen. I will provide. But also, the blessings that I give you, the things that I provide for you, they're not just for you. They're not just for you to get a bigger house and to have a bigger family and to do whatever you want to do. They are actually for you to share with the people around you I'm going to bless you and turn you into a great nation, and because of that, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of what I've given you. So God brings Abraham up a mountain that's difficult for him in every single way. He provides for Abraham on top of the mountain, but the story doesn't end there. He gives to Abraham so that Abraham can come back down the mountain and and take the, the blessings and the provisions that God has given him and give them to other people. Abraham is blessed so he can bless other people for the rest of his life. And for the rest of his nation and family's life, they will be a blessing to other people. And this is how we see the beautiful world, is that even though every single one of us is going through some sort of mountain, there are things that we have been given that if we thought hard enough, that we could be thankful for. Some of us have, most of our, most of us in this room have our physical needs met on a regular basis. Most of us have a place to lay our head at night. Most of us have, have at least one or two people in our life that love us and care for us? And we can start there and say, even though I'm going through this mountain, there are things in my life that God has given me, and because He, was, he has given me these things, then I can share it with a world who desperately needs to know that God loves them. God has given me these things so I can share them with other people. And this is hard to do because... And I'm just using myself in an example. It is hard for me to do because I'm so concerned with the mountains that are going on in my life. I mean, I, you can ask the people who were here early this morning getting set up. There were things in my life that I was complaining about. There are a, a, there's a long line of things that I need to do as soon as I wake up tomorrow morning. I mean, the, the list is very long, and there. are they're necessary in order for uh, me and, and my family to flourish and thrive and to experience God's presence, uh, God's presence and His blessings. And so I get so caught up in that that I that I forget <laughs> that He has given me so much already. And uh, just, just this week, um, there's. Uh, Somebody, a couple people in our neighborhood don't have transportation, so they walk to work. Um, And it takes them a while, because they live a couple miles away from where they work. And um, I was getting ready to tackle the day, to do my to-do list, and a a lot, some of you guys may know, I I sometimes struggle with um, being nervous about providing for my family, and And so when I'm getting up in the mornings, I'm thinking about that and and all the things that I have to do, and um, I'm getting ready, and as I'm almost done getting ready, um, my wife comes in the door and she tells me somebody in our neighborhood who walks to work uh, woke up, slept through their alarm, and needed a ride to work. They don't have reliable transportation, and they're already late, and they live miles away, so they're going to be really late if they have to walk again, so can I give this person arrived, and and because of everything going through my head, here is my initial reaction. I didn't say this out loud, but in my head, no, I, I've I've got I've got so much to do, um, and, and I can I can justify it because I had to take the kids to school and I had a meeting that I had to be at and um, there were other things that I had to do and it was not really on the way it was kind of out of the way and I can make lots of excuses for why I don't want to do that but the bottom line is I don't believe that God's going to provide for me enough I feel like I have to provide for myself and if I'm providing for myself then there's no room for anybody else there's just no room but I ended up doing it by the way (laughs) So, you know, I'm not an awful person. But I, but it's just, it was, I'm not even, that's not even a noble thing to do. It's not even, it was that good of me to do because it, it literally took five minutes out of my day and it cost me nothing. But I'm so concerned with climbing up the mountain. I'm so concerned with all of the things that life throws at me that I just get in my lane and I, and I don't think about anything else. And because I don't think of anything else, I don't think of anybody else. And that's such a dangerous way to live because when we live that way and we don't notice the needs around us, then we lose not only contact with the people around us, but we lose contact with who God is because if we're so focused on accomplishing everything on our own, then we will never have space to say on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. But if we believe that, if we trust that he, he is working, if we trust that He will provide, then our eyes are opened a little bit more to the world around us. At the end of the day, Abraham is blessed so that he can be a blessing to other people. At the end of the day, Abraham has been given much in order that other people might know that there's a God who wants to give, give, give. And we are called to, to share God's goodness with the people around us. But if we're so focused on what we don't have, when we're so focused on the struggle, when we're so focused on the difficulties of life, when we don't see God in the middle of that, then we're never going to experience this full, beautiful life and beautiful world that He wants us to be a part of. Uh, one of the things we say all, around here a lot is that God has a plan for the redemption of the universe. And he's working it out right now, but he does that through us, through people. He works in the lives of people. In order for us to experience the beautiful world that God has, we have to be willing to open our eyes a little more, to trust in God's provision, to believe in God's provision, and thank God for his provision so that we can share it with the world around us. Let's pray.